Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of What Are You Talking About? Today my guest is Olympic weightlifter Sarah Davies. She is an Olympian, a Commonwealth gold medalist and all around legend. I absolutely loved this episode and hope you guys do too. As always, don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to be the first to hear all about our new episodes and content. Enjoy! Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Um, I was just explaining to you, you are our first kind of official non-crossfitter on the podcast, so super excited. Obviously, there are many parallels, in a sense, um, with CrossFit and weightlifting, and I know you've dipped your toe in being a part of like the Arnold Fitness Games last year and stuff um but I kind of just want to talk about your career because you have achieved so much in what kind of seems like quite a short space of time but I also think that's probably because weightlifting has really erupted in the last few years particularly um in the UK so kind of I want to start at the beginning I always do how did you discover weightlifting yeah, so I started weightlifting in 2011, so before weightlifting was cool. I'm going to try and claim <laughs> I was some sort of trendsetter, but um, and basically, like, then people used to find weightlifting by accident, um, so I actually started weightlifting at university, so I was went to Leeds Met, although it's Leeds Carnegie now, which shows how old I am, <laughs> <laughs> and basically that's where our team were training for London 2012, so I actually dated one of the weightlifters and then he was like, give it a try um, and see how it goes. And my first ever session was with him and also Zoe Smith, who's, you know, one of our best lifters. And at the time was the poster girl of weightlifting. Um, So my first session was with those two in the gym and I snatched 30 kilos and I clear and jerked 40 kilos. They were by no stretch of the imagination pretty. Um, But yeah, I fell in love with it. Um, I was always active as a kid. I was a gymnast growing up. Um, so I'd kind of, since I stopped doing gymnastics, I'd gained 27 hours a week. I wasn't training. I didn't know what to do with. Um, I'd played a little bit of golf, tried dancing, all this kind of stuff. And then went to university, lived the fresher life and, you know, gained a little bit of weight. And I wasn't used to looking like that. And I tried to kind of just go to the gym like the average person goes to the gym and it just wasn't kind of fulfilling for me. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, So, yeah, when I was introduced to weightlifting, I fell in love with it. It turned out I was quite good at it. And here we are 12 years later. (laughs) I love that. I think, as you say, like it is something people probably fall into. But you kind of answered my next question there. So as a growing up you were a gymnast were you always quite a competitive nature like did you do gymnastics competitively what was your kind of relationship obviously 27 hours a week is a lot (laughs) um so what was your relationship with kind of sport and gymnastics yeah so I I was competing at like a national level um but by the time I got to like 14 I hadn't made that next level up to be like on the national team um and I essentially wanted to be normal in quotation marks I guess like 13 14 years old I wanted to do what my friends were doing um when I started secondary school I struggled with like bullying and stuff because I was a 12 year old female with an eight pack and pecs like it's just not what people are used to seeing especially like in the early 2000s um I think it's it is changing now like that's one of the legacy things I think that actually happened from 2012 was 
you know, seeing people like Jessica Ennis on billboards and stuff like that, like there are more female athletic role models. You've got Dina Asher Smith on the cover of Vogue. Like that just didn't exist in the late nineties, early two thousands. So I think had that been different, maybe I would have stuck with gymnastics, but it's that old adage of everything happens for a reason. And I'm here in my weightlifting journey. Um, But yes, always been very competitive. My friends take the mick out of me all the time at how competitive I am with everything in life. Um, so yeah, definitely um, need always need something kind of competitive in my life. Yeah. Um, it's just what makes me tick. Um, it was actually before Tokyo, um, they did a media interview with my parents and I'd forgotten about this till dad brought it up. But the, the guy doing the interview asked my dad like, at what point did you know she was really competitive? And he reminded me of, I was playing a golf match once and I was the only girl like in the region really playing golf at the time. And um, I remember standing on the first tee and the lad I was playing against went, well, this is going to be easy. I'm playing against a girl. And my dad said he just saw this switch in my face and I'd beaten him by the 14th hole, um, which is pretty unheard of. I'd absolutely whooped his ass. Um, <laughs> So yeah, very competitive and very much a person who likes to prove a point. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> I love that. Um, and it's funny, so you, you say your first weightlifting session, you snatched, so 30 kilos and 40 kilos, which for a lot of people, that takes years to do. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm thinking, how long did it take me to snatch 30 kilos? <laughs> a long time. Um, but was it something that you fell in love with straight away? Like how how long did it take you to kind of think, oh, this is something I really want to do? Yeah, I mean, I did that first session and I think I went to the gym like once or twice a week after. And then after that, I was training like four or five times a week. Like I was training like a full-time athlete. Um just because it was straight away like I was I was falling in love with it and you know as you said like with CrossFit like it's gonna take longer because you're trying to learn a million things at once mm-hmm. whereas I was literally doing like snatch clean jerk pulls squats like I was purely weightlifting so obviously it's going to progress faster because I'm not trying to learn other skills but you know I was 19 when I started I'd had a gymnastics background already like had that natural strength flexibility all that other stuff so yeah kind of tucked to it like a duck to water and um it just spirals because the more you see success the more you want to do it and then kind of kept going and going yeah absolutely and there's so many parallels actually isn't there when you think about like gymnastics to to weightlifting because I think it's a lot of it is just knowing your body right and knowing and also I suppose picking up technique and stuff did you find that it, obviously you say you took to it like that's water but was it easy to pick up like the technique side of it more so obviously the strength comes with time but the technique did you find you picked that up quite quickly yeah I mean I learned technique in a way that I would never teach anyone technique um, I'm a coach now and the way that I was just like told showed this is a snatch do it and because of that gymnastics background um I have the ability to be aware of my body and put it in the right kind of places and then tweak it from there the way I teach it would be completely different we'd look at pulls muscle snatch snatch balance and like slowly add little exercises to build it up but you know the first ever session was just a bit of a mess about in the gym just to see if I could do it um so yeah wouldn't recommend learning that way (laughs) 
no I don't think many people would be able to get to your level (laughs) (laughs) um did you did you imagine like them first few sessions did you ever know that there was going to be a career in it for you or was it just a hobby I'm not very good at the whole hobby thing I never (laughs) thought it would be my full-time like job at all um I remember when we when I first started we were kind of like oh it'd be really fun if we could get to like an 80 snatch and 100 clean and jerk because at the time like that was the standard to start breaking into the national team um so we're like that would be cool like it's something to aim for and I'd done that within 18 months two years of like being in the sport I was like ah time to set a new target then I guess um but yeah it was a an interesting ride and weightlifting wasn't as popular so I qualified for my first nationals with a nice kilo total to qualify for the English I think you needed 90 kilos I think I did like 103 or something um so then I found myself at an English championships which is now really hard to qualify for um and we have a groups and b groups because there's just that many women I turned up to my first English and won a medal because there was three women in my weight class. Like that was it. Yeah. So it's a whole kind of different world now. It's it's progressed so much. And I think you're right in the sense of particularly for women, like mm-hmm. having them poster girls and watching them. And I remember like watching, I suppose like London 2012 and watching the Olympics and people compete in weightlifting then. If you were to look at the viewers from then to kind of last year, it's just accelerated so much. Um, how cool is it though to to have seen both sides of it, like to have been through all of that and all the different stages of it and now seeing where it is now? Yeah, I'm definitely glad I started when I did because it's so much harder now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, me and, and Zoe and Emily Musket, like the three of us have kind of gone through the whole career, you know, the last you know, I mean, Zoe's been lifting longer than I have, but the last kind of 10, 15 years of seeing how weightlifting's changed, like, it's really cool to see, and it's made everybody get better, because, like, for for us as the seniors on the team, old birds on the team, we've got <laughs> to keep getting better, like, we can't just rest on our laurels and just sit on the national team, like, there's people coming up and, like, nipping at our heels to try and take our spot, and, you know, that's made us better, and it's just improved the overall standards, so that now we send bigger teams to competitions, we're better represented across the board, and it's been really cool to see it develop, um, and it'll, I'm hoping it, you know, it does continue, and that next generation come through and continue that work that, you know, I remember going to a world championships and lifting in a D group or an E group at, like, either 10 o'clock at night or eight o'clock in the morning and you know now we have this almost expectation in the country that everyone will lift in the a group um at a world which you know puts a lot more pressure on the younger ones coming through but it also shows how much further the sport has come um in this country which is so cool to see it really is and I think like as a fan watching it as well it's really cool and it's cool to see like the same people year on year and obviously mm-hmm. you've got so many as you say a new generation coming up but it's really cool to look at people that have been lifting in like whether you're watching as you say like worlds or commonwealth etc it's really nice to be a part of that journey I suppose as a fan um so your first commonwealth correct me if I'm wrong here was 2014 yeah right? so <laughs> kind of home crowd Glasgow yeah UK how was that experience were you weightlifting full-time at that point no I was teaching full-time at that point um yeah I was still teaching when I qualified for my first games um 
Yeah. I was like a deer in the headlights. If you ever find the footage on YouTube, I absolutely shit it. <laughs> Sorry if you're going to have to edit that out. But um, yeah, I remember. So I remember watching Manchester Commonwealth Games in 2002. I, and I was a gymnast and I was like, I want to do that. I want to represent England at the Commonwealth Games. I had the replica leotard. I had everything. Like it was white with a red rose on it and gold around the shoulders. Like I remember it to the T. So going to Glasgow and putting on my first England tracksuit, I was like, I've had this opportunity to achieve a childhood dream that at 14, when I stopped doing gymnastics, I didn't think I'd ever achieve. Like I thought that was done. So to then be in that position at a Commonwealth Games with a Team England tracksuit on was unbelievable. Um, I put too much, like I look back on it now and you know, I, me being me, I was like, I want to win a medal. And like, I was nowhere near like ready for that. Maybe if I'd have had an absolute hero of a day, I could have scraped a medal. Um, but yeah, I went onto the platform. I, like I was going to cry the whole time. I missed my first two snatches, which is not a situation you want to be in. <laughs> um, and did come back and, and make that third snatch, which, you know, if you talk to any weightlifter, they'll tell you that the ability to do that really takes a good athlete. So um yeah that kind of change from there to where we are now standing on the podium in, in Birmingham at the top of the podium was um it's been an interesting journey I was gonna say it's really but that's what I mean about looking back like especially as fans as well you get to see that journey um talk me through so missing your first two lifts not as you say not ideal yeah but when you're learning and I suppose for anyone listening like what is um the mentality and I suppose the uh like the theory behind going into a big competition like that like are you told right make an easy one for your first snatch like how are you how do you try and manage that um and manage I suppose your own expectation yeah in fact one of the guys that I train with is flying off to his first international like this week and um as saying to him, was like, look, when you go to a first big competition like that, and whatever the competition is, like if you qualify for your first British championships, for example, like the nerves of a first snatch never go away. No matter when I step on a platform, what the competition is, that first lift, like it almost like sets the standard for the rest of the competition. Um, so, you know, and if, if it's your first one, it's a big competition to you and it means a lot be sensible with that first one, just get a score on the board. Um, if it's a big comp for you, you're going to be nervous um, and factor that in like so and don't be afraid to change. Like I think for me, like I used to get numbers fixed in my head of where I wanted to end up. But as I've gone through my career, I've learned that there's other factors that play into that, whether I warm up terribly or I warm up great or there's other people that, you know, are factoring things in. So when I compete now, yeah, I might have an idea of where I'd want to end up, but I know that the team are going to play it so that I get my best placing and that's how medals are won. So it going in, that first snatch should be a weight that you can hit every single day in the gym without fail, no matter what, even if you're tired, like you want it to be there. You want it to be a weight you've hit multiple times in the build-up to the comp um, so that you just get it on the board, get it secure and then you can always take a bigger jump for your second one. Um, so, yeah, play it safe with the first one. And then the second and third, you can have a little bit more fun and, and push the weights up. 
Yeah, it, it's such an interesting thing. Like, I think obviously a lot of people have never been in that position where they're like, right, cool, you've got three attempts at doing something. Mm-hmm. Also, the nerves, because I think in any sport you watch, it's very rare that it's just you on a platform on your own. Maybe something like diving, you know, they have the, yeah. a similar thing. But this is literally like it's silent you walk out there's a spotlight on you the first time you where was where was I suppose the first time you ever did like that like on your own come out at a comp no matter how small spotlight on you there you yeah go, I mean I guess with gymnastics like I was a bit more prepared for it because you're used to being on a four inch wide plank of wood trying to do a somersault whilst nervous half naked um, <laughs> so it's similar with weightlifting even with people in weightlifting like that putting on a singlet and just feeling really exposed standing mm-hmm. on a platform like people don't factor stuff like that in especially if you train normally in like baggy t-shirts and shorts whatever um my first ever competition was at Albury Academy in Birmingham and I remember my coach never told me about the buzzer for the down signal so I did my first opening snatch, was well excited, threw it down, <laughs> turned around to my coach all excited. He had his head in his hands. And I was like, what's up? He was like, you didn't wait for the down signal. I was like, what's a down signal? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got the lift technically, but it was over. Obviously, it didn't count as a lift because I didn't abide by the rules. Um, so, yeah, I think that was my first one. And then my my next biggest comp was the English Championships, which used to be at Lillishall, which is one of our like national training centers for some of the other sports. Um, it's where gymnastics are based now, I think. Um, so we used to have a lot of weightlifting competitions there, and that's on like a proper like stage. So imagine like your school hall that mm-hmm. had the stage and the curtains, like it was like that. So that was probably the first one because you're raised up from the like the audience. Yeah. Um so that was probably the first one that I really kind of got that feeling. Yeah. Um, but what's cool now is like our national championships are a lot better. Like they used to just be in sports halls and stuff. Um, whereas now they're on a stage and there's the fancy lighting and the big screens and all of that sort of stuff, which I do think prepares this generation of lifters for that international experience a lot more. Because you go to an international, it's a big platform, like it's on a big stage um and you've got the crowd of that bit further back so you know the British and stuff now does prepare people a little bit better I think yeah absolutely and it makes sense to to do that I just think I I mean I can't even fathom doing that I remember we did like a, a I mean again different because it's CrossFit but we were doing like a, a clean and it, he was like right we'll go around one by one and everyone can max out and I was like mm, I'm gonna leave <laughs> I don't want anyone to watch me <laughs> like I'm in the corner and um, so I don't know how you managed to do it but I suppose obviously you've had a lot of experience now and how full circle that your first competition was in Birmingham so let's fast yeah. forward however many years and talk about last year's Commonwealth Games because mm-hmm. what an experience that must have been home crowd as well and as I say same place you did your first comp yeah and um, can you talk me through like that entire experience if you can yeah I mean it was an interesting one because obviously the year before we'd been in Tokyo and it's literally just the team there's no friends and family um and all that kind of stuff so to be in Birmingham and to be able to I remember 
like the night before catching up with friends because they were staying in Birmingham like being able to meet them for a coffee um even the morning of I think I saw some of my friends because they were there earlier to watch one of the other groups um so yeah it was a really bizarre experience and completely different because even the Commonwealth Games before that was in Gold Coast and my parents came out to watch but other than that like it's a long way to go into Australia (laughs) so um yeah it was really special to to have that um especially like there's been a lot go on in the last few years for me um so to have my friends and family there and even just after competition to be able to walk back through the NEC doors and like everyone be there waiting to sort of see me and you know that first thing of giving your mum a hug and I think that's when the emotions really came out was when I when I saw my friends and family and um yeah that ability to really celebrate with people straight after which we've not really been able to have at any of our kind of recent big competitions and even when we go away to worlds and europeans you know my family don't travel with me that i'll see them when i get home but that moment like when the emotions are still raw to see them straight after was was really special and you know that home crowd in birmingham was insane um <laughs> to be you know i was ahead after snatch um and expected a lot more of a battle for clean and jerk but you know the girl that was was close to me on snatch just didn't make a clean and jerk um so I kept getting ready to get up to go out and it was like no lift so I'd sit back down and then I wait again and like I had did that like three times and I was in a position that I needed one lift to win the Commonwealth Games which was a bizarre experience because yeah. I was fully ready for war. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was ready to slap big weights on the bar and I was in a position to make one lift, which was a comfortable lift that I could hit any day in training. Wow. And I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just missed it. Went dizzy, didn't get the jerk. And actually one of the Team England staff, um, Maggie, I saw her recently. She's like... I'm still convinced you just did that for dramatic effect. <laughs> I was like, trust me, I wanted that lift. Um, but yeah, to be able to just go out, make one clean and jerk and just hear the roar of a home crowd was was really cool. So um, definitely one that I remember forever, I think. Absolutely. And like missing that, I suppose if you know with a weight, you're like, yeah, I can hit this. But there's so much riding on that because mm-hmm. if it's so comfortable, does it almost set, more pressure because you're like yeah I, I know I can do it so if I mess it up it's it's not normal like it does it put more pressure on you yeah I think so and I think I had this really weird like adrenaline dip because like I said I was ready for like full fight mode yeah and it was like oh I've only got to do 125 which for me is like a oh, okay like I realized it's a heavy weight but yeah. I was ready to have to do like <laughs> I was ready to have to do like big PBs, like yeah. 135, like so it was this weird adrenaline dip. And it's walking up to the platform, like, you just gotta do this one, Sarah. That's it, just one. Um definitely a whole different level of pressure. Um, and not one that I'm particularly used to. So um definitely a learning experience. Um, probably one I won't be in that situation again. Um but it was good fun me and the coaches had a great time so yeah <laughs> and obviously the outcome was exactly what you'd hoped for right mm-hmm. yeah I mean I went to Birmingham to bring home a gold medal like I was there 
in a weird way, it's probably a games that I enjoyed the least in terms of the other stuff, like the build up and opening ceremony and stuff. Cause like I was there to do a job. Like mm-hmm. I was there to win my gold medal that I missed out on four years before. Like that was there. I, I was in full work mode. I was not very sociable. Um, it was there, gold medal, home, which kind of makes, takes some of the emotion out of it because that was my expectation. Like there was, you know, I knew I was going for a gold medal. I knew it was achievable. Um, you look at some of the other people like Chris Murray lifted that morning um, and he was going for a medal, but he didn't really believe, like he didn't think that that gold medal would have been so achievable for him. So for him to win that gold, you just saw that raw emotion of like, you know, he'd really worked for it and it's just a different kind of emotion. Whereas I was like, cool, job done. On to the next one, into Olympic qualification, which you know, it's only kind of since the games and when I talk about it now and, and people see my medal that you realize how special it is and, you know, how few people kind of get to see one or touch one, let alone win one. Um, and I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do in these like next 12 months up to Paris is enjoy that moment and naturally take every competition and kind of be a bit more present because it's quite easy because of the person I am to be like, okay, I've won the Commonwealth Games. It's what I wanted to do. Now we'll go and qualify for the Olympics. But actually to take that time, be like, I just won the Commonwealth Games. Like I've wanted to do that (laughs) since 2002. Like let's take a moment and actually just, you know, work that out. So yeah, it's definitely something that I'm trying to be better at in these next kind of few years of my career. Yeah, it's such an incredible feat. And I suppose as well, like, as you say, having family there and Tokyo, I can imagine must have been a really strange experience because obviously it was delayed and there was so much protocol. What was what was it like there, the atmosphere kind of compared to Birmingham? It was a different atmosphere, but it was it was still quite special because, you know, you have friends from across the sport, from across the world. And you saw a lot more kind of camaraderie in the auditorium from other nations that you maybe wouldn't normally see. Um, I remember actually going and watching Matty Rogers compete and like there was only Sarah Robles left who was the next day. So she wasn't there watching. She was doing her prep and all of her other teammates had gone home. So there's just me (laughs) kind of carrying it for her in the crowd. And like we didn't have anyone in that group, but even if we did, like you're gonna you're gonna cheer for people. Um, mm. and I saw her afterwards. She wasn't happy with her performance, but she was like, I really appreciate it. She was like, I she was like, I could just hear you in the crowd. <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> um, so it it was weird, but it also it made it more special because it was a real moment of like every everyone coming back together. And obviously that's what the Olympics celebrate is the world coming together for sport. But after the pandemic and everything, it kind of almost exaggerated that. So, because once you were in the village, everyone would been tested, there was regular testing. So it kind of loosened up the restrictions slightly um, because everyone had been quarantined and whatever else. So um, you were able to have that little bit more kind of camaraderie amongst the athletes across the world which was really really special and you know it's special to go to an olympics but to go to a delayed olympics after a pandemic there's only a few hundred people that can say they've done it so um to be part of that was was cool um you know the lack of crowd 
we're kind of used to it in weightlifting especially my generation of weightlifters like they used to be like just people's parents at the British just like <laughs> <"Woo!"> <laughs> um, and normally half asleep so um the lack of crowd wasn't a massive thing for me um but it will be nice to hopefully be in Paris and and have loved ones there because little bit closer to home <laughs> yeah a little bit easier to travel as well in 2024 yeah. yeah um so is that kind of where you're at now you are in full kind of right olympics mode what's like what's the transition in your training um to go into qualifying like mindset i suppose yeah so our qualification started last october november whenever it was that we went to worlds so that was the first qualification comp and it runs all the way through until may 24 so it's like an 18 month kind of block of time that we have to compete in at least five competitions um and it's based on top 10 in the weight class will get selected for the olympics um obviously every competition i'm pushing to get myself that ranking but it's almost like they're kind of training competitions so like you're going to go to worlds and europeans and you want to achieve your best but realistically we're aiming for our best ever performance in Paris so mm -hmm. it's about using those worlds and euros which weirdly are smaller competitions yeah. even though they're still massive as little stepping stones to just kind of see where we're at as we build forward into Paris um but that's definitely what's top of the agenda is like it's literally 12 months to go today as we're yeah. filming this, um, which is wild because obviously the Tokyo delay makes it seem like five minutes since our last Olympics. Um, but yeah, it's definitely in my mind every time I step in the gym um, that, you know, we're literally ticking off the days until we get to qualification um, and hopefully get the letter that we're going. So, yeah. How much pressure do you put on yourself as an athlete to qualify? too much <laughs> as I'm regularly told <laughs> I like that very honest answer there. <laughs> yeah I am my own worst critic um and will beat myself up over the smallest thing um and you know I'm very lucky to have a support network and team around me that just remind me to just be kinder to myself um and take the time for me and actually you know as I get older and I've been a weightlifter for as long as I have actually not turning up to the gym sometimes is better for me um you know and you're absolutely bashed up um I've had a busy last like four weeks and yesterday I should have trained but actually I just needed a day to myself like to just switch off from everything I went and got my nails done I had a sauna like and just really decompressed because I could feel that burnout kind of coming and it's about taking that time for me to switch off and be kinder to myself because I'm like I need to be training all the time mm -hmm. and this and that but learning to just listen to my body a little bit more um and not be as harsh on myself mm -hmm. yeah I think that's an advice advice a lot of people uh probably relate to particularly I think as women in sport mm -hmm. um how like I know you've kind of broach about like certain things like at school and things how much has it changed being a, a particularly a female in sport do you think over the last 10 years because I think from an outside perspective even as you say 10 years ago 
the London Olympics was a massive thing in the UK especially and then in more recent years things like obviously the lionesses etc mm-hmm. it's becoming so much more normal and not that it was ever not normal but yeah. it's how has it changed as an athlete from your perspective yeah so as an athlete it's obviously improved because female sport is getting more coverage with more coverage comes more sponsorship opportunity um which therefore allows me to be more of a full-time athlete like I said my first Commonwealth Games I was teaching full-time I'm now in a position where I have the government funding but I also have private sponsorships that top that up quite nicely um so yeah it's definitely cool to see that change and for a while I was like is this actually changing or is it just because I move in this circle like you know all the like body positivity stuff more women doing weight training I'm like is this just because this is my world or is it actually changing but you know you see like women's health articles and stuff about celebrities that are weight training and you know ones that are doing CrossFit and stuff now that are female and it is really cool to see that change and that change of women looking after themselves properly and not just starving themselves and trying to be skinny like it's actually like look at me look what I can do I deadlifted x amount I actually do squats like that kind of stuff like that's what's cool to see I think for me is how it's affected the general public more um and you know that shift in the attitude towards women that train and the more encouragement and even with the lionesses last year I think whenever it was when I was in the gym and these two blokes come in, they're like proper brickies, like proper, like what you'd imagine. It's a proper spit and sawdust gym. Like, and they're there in their work boots still with their jeans on doing their bicep curls. And they're like, you go to the public to watch the lionesses. And I'm like, that conversation just wouldn't have happened 10 years yeah. ago. Like, so to see that is really cool. And like the change that's coming with that, like the advertisements that, you know, you're getting, it's not just, you know, you're, big footballers and whoever that are golfers and people that are doing Gillette adverts and whatever else like you're actually seeing female athletes kind of fronting that and it's really cool to see and I think it's so cool to be strong now like I kind of feel like it always was but I think in I mean you know we went to strength and depth CrossFit championships a few weeks ago and they had a British weightlifting stand and the amount of girls and young people that were at that stand watching these strong obviously strong men as well but yeah what people wanting to grow up and be weightlifters or strong like how cool is that to be a part of that change um and representing that yeah I mean I obviously also competed in pageants for the last like 10 years and you know when I started that it was weird that I kind of did what I did but actually now you've got girls that are competing at the highest levels of pageants they're on the Miss World Miss Universe stage they do CrossFit training they do weight training like you actually see quads run down go down the runway like it's incredible (laughs) whereas before I'd like look at him like oh I really wish you'd just train and not starve yourself um so to even see the change in that kind of environment is Mm -hmm. really cool to see um so yeah and I think actually women are taking over the strength space more to a point that we need some men to turn up and do some weightlifting please (laughs) because our boys on like national team is starting to lack a little bit we have more (laughs) girls than boys so um please turn up to some British weightlifting events guys um get your hat in the mix um but yeah it is 
and I've had messages from people either from young girls or from parents those ones really get me in the feels where it's like thanks for being you like I want my daughter to see people like you to grow up and like to have you as a role model and like they're the ones that get me emotional yeah um that because, makes me choke up just the thought of that I'm like yeah oh. <laughs> yeah because it's that thing of like if I'd have had me mm-hmm. at 12 13 years old would my life have been different obviously I'm thankful it's not because it's got me to where I am but you know if I make a difference to even just one 13 year old that's going through what I went through then I feel like I've kind of achieved something it absolutely is it's I think I say this all the time if I'd have if like weightlifting and CrossFit was where it's at now when I was younger I think it would have been very very different but also you know as you say everything happens for a reason and very grateful that I found it when I did um in a kind of this is more me being quite nosy and a personal training perspective are you still now you just snatch clean squat like what's your do you do any other sports like how much does your training vary from just weightlifting yeah so an average session is like a variation of one of the competition lifts so snatch or clean and jerk but it might be hangs it might be powers something like that pulls and then squats and then accessory work so that can be anything from dumbbell bench to strict toes to bar to like back extensions like the kind of stuff that helps keep my body healthy um so that that's the kind of average session plus rolling and stretching and all that stuff that's boring and none of us like to do but we have to do it otherwise yeah. <laughs> these hurt. so um yeah so that's kind of an average session which is like three-ish hours I guess um from start to finish a lot of volume which I think is probably different for for weightlift as opposed to like if you're in a crossfit class there's just not time to do that amount of work um so that's a big part i have recently started going to dan's class just for something else to do amazing and it's supposed to be a hobby but i'm terrible at having a hobby as we discussed so i do end up going to the occasional social competition um, we'll get you signed up for strictly it'll be fine yeah <laughs> you're in the position you can sign yourself up for that <laughs> so yeah um I did actually recently bring my golf clubs up from my parents house so we went to the driving range the other week and just generally whatever I do is active um obviously I can't do anything that's going to be detrimental to weightlifting as much as I'd like to go on a ski holiday or whatever that would be not a good idea right now um until I'm kind of done with weightlifting um but yeah I go to dance class twice a week partly for social partly for something else to do um but yeah it's a new challenge so amazing amazing so I at the end of every interview I'm gonna let you go in a minute but I do ask some quick fire questions and you've tested me because they're normally based around CrossFit so I had to change them a bit you can try if you want I did a CrossFit competition <laughs> I mean, once. well there you go well uh my, but my first question is the same as what I ask every single CrossFitter which I can definitely ask you um but I assume it might be like choosing a favorite child what is your favorite lift Pinjet that was a very quick response <laughs> snatch is not nice and also if you like clean and jerk it benefits you in competition because you can just slap a really heavy weight on the bar and basically do or die um for your final attempt to win medals so yeah love that um if you i know you've kind of answered this a little bit but if you could compete in any other sport other than weightlifting what would it be 
Well, that's hard to choose. That's a harder question. <laughs> um, I probably would go back to playing golf, but only if I live somewhere warm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously competing in dance as well. So that's definitely up there. Absolutely. Um, and I know it's obviously you have a national team, but if you could build like a, a dream weightlifting team around you, so like another female and two other men, because that's what the teams are at the CrossFit Games, <laughs> will have some correlation. Okay. Um, who would you have next to you? Ooh, that is tricky. The other female, I'm bringing Emily, Emily Musket out of retirement. She's coming back. <laughs> she's my weightlifting wife. I miss her. Um, so she's definitely one. And then, I mean, I quite like my training team at the minute. So Ed, my other half, is also my training partner at the minute. So he gets to be in the mix. We'll keep him. Um, and then who else would I like? Probably my, because I compete in Germany as well. I'll keep my German teammate, Max Lang. Um, he's very strong for a small person. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's I mean, he's very strong anyway, but, well, yeah, but, but you're like for a small person. Yeah, really strong full stop and he's small was probably a better way of putting that. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, thank you so, so much for joining and for sharing all the stories. It has been so, so great to have you and I can't wait to see what's to come in the future and hopefully see you in Paris next year. Perfect. Thank you for having me.